Now on Radio Italia Uno. It's time for Happy Business Radio with Peter Salerno. An hour where we have lots of fun with very interesting guests. We talk about how to start, build, and increase your business. Right now, on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. Hello, hello, hello. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. And the reason why we say good morning, good afternoon, and good night is because our regular listeners know that we have uh, lucky enough to have listeners all over the world who listen to this program now in about 20 or more countries now. And every day there's more and more people sharing it with their friends. And we're getting messages from all over. So it's fantastic. And I want to just say thank you very much to the messages we got from our last couple of programs, like I was just talking to Ron here, who does this podcast for us, so from uh, Podcast City. So thank you, Ron, for helping us out every week. But what's really important, people can actually hear this in your own time zone and in your own time, which you can replay and listen back to. And we've had some messages back from people from overseas saying that their people at their universities are listening to it more and more and more because they'd never got this sort of, for some reason, they don't teach this in universities you know what people learn through business skills and and stuff like that they teach the practical we talk about the practical element we talk about the whole thing of how to be in business how to be happy in business and uh, today i'm really privileged to have a chap that i've known and admired for many many years and had the pleasure to work with a long time in presenting different shows at different functions graham corns is a South Australian, been here, born and bred. I think you come out here as a child. No, well, I was I was born yeah, in, Victor- in Wyala, was it? wasn't it? No, I was born in Victoria. Yeah, but you, I, you I wasn't South Australian. No, no, no. But I'm saying Australian, so <laughs> Australian. But uh, Graham Corns, welcome to the program. I remember uh, as a young man w- watching you play football, which we call Australian rules football, and certainly admired your skills there. You know, I, I myself used to play rugby, <laughs> but um, here, here in game. South Australia. And I, but I remember you know playing for Glenelg team, and I remember you playing and and being so good at what you were doing, and everybody admired your skills then. But what I admire now is that you're one of these people. They've just kept going and going and going and going. And you've been in businesses, in several different businesses, and you've been a radio presenter and you've presented on television and on different sporting shows, and you're still doing it. Uh, it, it intrigues <laughs> me as well. But <laughs> you have, um, it's, not, it's nothing I set out to do, to be quite yeah. frank. I mean, and I'm always intrigued with people who've, who've been high achievers. Yeah. And from a very early age, they've decided what they want to do and they've mapped out their life and they've been able to pursue it and achieve. But my life has been one of opportunity, opportunities being presented and then having to make a decision whether you take that opportunity or whether you don't. And I guess I've been really fortunate. I've had good mentors, Mm -hmm. good coaches. I've had people who've offered me uh, jobs and then then helped me to achieve in, in those areas. So, look, I'm happy to share with you what I what I feel. Yes. I don't think I'm a great mentor. I don't think I'm, I, I don't think I'm <laughs> a great expert. What makes a great mentor? See, what makes a great mentor? The fact is, you have to look at it this way. My son, when he was young, he used to follow all the bands, right? And I know you play in a band as well. But my son used to follow all the bands and in music and all the rest of it. You know, when he saw a particular band he liked, you know, in no time at all, he had dreadlocks. So he used to like Bob Marley, <laughs> you know, when when I was younger and the Beatles were around or before that there was Elvis Presley, everybody had an Elvis Presley hairstyle. Yeah. So we pick mentors without even knowing we pick mentors sometimes. 
the earliest mentors are our parents. Yeah. And if we're fortunate enough, we've got mothers or fathers who, who set good examples, give us high standards in life, to teach us how to be polite. There's no doubt about my father being a mentor to him. He was a hardworking man. He was a he was a working class man who, for who things never really went well. He had mm-hmm. he he had great potential, but he never had the opportunity. He came out of the depression. He was born in 1917. Mm-hmm. Uh, lived through the depression. His father was a World War One veteran who was wounded at Gallipoli, and mm. and suffered the psychological psychological damage of that. And yes, um, my father and he didn't have a great relationship. But so dad should dad had to go to work. Had to provide for kids, and we were a a poor family. But mm. but I'm fortunate. I'm a baby boomer, born <laughs> in 1948, yep. and the world opened up for us. Yes. You know, the, it wasn't hard to get a job when you finished school and you didn't have to even have to be really smart at school to, to be able to get a job. There was plenty of opportunities for trades. You know, either government departments had opportunities for, for trades or the or private industry had opportunity for trades. But I, 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 I guess the only thing that's been constant in my life, and I, and I hate to say it, yeah. <laughs> is football. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I hate to say, I'm, you know, my life is defined by football, but really that's... I started playing footy when as a kid and I loved it. I when I left school I got a job as a, a trainee industrial chemist with the BHP in Wyala. That's when I went to Wyala. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't a very good industrial chemist. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but Graham, see I'm trying to think of how many movies were made about industrial chemists and how many uh, <laughs> children wear industrial chemist jerseys around. No, so no, I don't no, know, maybe it worked out well for you. Well, but that, see, this is the issue. That was decided for me by, by, by a teacher at school and by my father because I was, I was reasonably bright at school. I wasn't, you know, you've got people who are brilliant, mm-hmm. but I was reasonably bright, you know, and if, if I put my mind to it, I could get good marks, but I often didn't put my mind to it. But one of my teachers told my father, like, like he's good at science, he's good at maths, mm. and this opportunity, Dad read an ad mm-hmm. for trainees at the Broken Hill Pre-HP, yep. and, yep. and off you went, and we... And we lived there as trainees. It was left home at sixteen, to be yes. quite frank. So, which was good, but which was in a, in another way wasn't good because yeah. you had you didn't have the disciplines of home. Of home, yeah. You know, but but yeah. the point is that um, along the way, you know, doesn't matter what you're good at or whatever. But you discovered that you were good at football. People picked you up and said, right, he's got potential. He's got talent, and you actually worked on it. Because I know people who, have, you know, lots of stories of people who had, you know, some of the best basketballers in America, you know, we hear about them. And when they were at high school, they were kicked off the team. Or at college, they were kicked off the team. And, and, you know, Michael Jordan is a good example. And it wasn't until later he decided, that's it, this is what I'm going to do. And he sat there and threw a thousand baskets a day. Yeah. Look, you know? I'd, I'd, love to, I'd love to say that I was that disciplined, dedicated kid. Yep. But... I gave footy away. The, the, I mean, I almost gave footy away to go surfing. Yeah. I played footy because I loved it. Yes. And it was it was the one defining thing. In my, my dad told me stories about great footballers of the past. And if you're listening from overseas, these names don't mean anything to you. But guys like Roy Cazaley and Jack Dyer yes. and the legends yes. of the game. And he'd, he'd weave these stories. He played country footy in a place called Lawn in Victoria. And yes. he'd take me to the footy. So I hang around footy chub, change rooms. Yep. I, can still smell the liniment. You yes. know, went on the bus <laughs> with the guys, and you rub it in your legs, and that 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 sort of thing. But when I was playing footy in Wyala, mm-hmm. I was playing okay, playing A grade footy, but I 
the surfing craze hit. So yeah. I would decided I was going to go surfing, not yep. play footy. But then I got it out of the blue, this opportunity to come and train with Glenelg, which was a high-profile team here. Very high-profile. Yes, coached high. by a man called Neil Curley. Yep. <laughs> so I was invited down to train and sent back to Wales to finish the season. And when yep. the season, Neil Curley picked me in the, in the Glenelg team, which was, the, you know, the highest. Yeah. People listening overseas, they wouldn't understand the Sandful, but it was the highest grade of football here in Adelaide. And I got an opportunity to play for Glenelg against Sturt, and that started it from there. So I didn't have the the ambition. I didn't have the determination. I had the op- all I had was opportunity. Oh, yeah, but see, but the Adelaide, thing, I just want to make this it. one point. Yeah. And, the, and there was one person who gave me that opportunity. It was a guy, was Neil Curley. Yeah. Yep. So he became the most dominant male figure in my life. And for a lot of people. Well, for a lot of people. Yes. And he gave me opportunities that perhaps I would never, ever have got. So somebody saw something in me that that they liked yes. and gave me an opportunity. So the time that I spent subsequently playing and coaching mm-hmm. and then managing, I mean, I've worked in business, I've managed yes. business, but I looked for that person who who I could replicate that, that role or, as a mentor. Yeah. Now. Well, this is what I admire. The fact is, you know, there are people out there that would have given the opportunity and not taken it or hummed and hard about it. You know, let's not beat around the bush. You also had the talent. You had, you know, you were a very, very good footballer. You know, with all due respects, you know, you're, you're tall, you can jump, you can run, you can be in the right place at the right time, where some people had all those other acumens but didn't use them sport was a very superficial it was a big deal for us in those days but it wasn't a career yeah you know you got paid a little bit although the first year i played we got 14 dollars for winning (laughs) game won 10 games and my first paycheck for granola footy club was 140 dollars but a car but a car only cost uh, 15 cents didn't it? No, no, cars cost, <laughs> no, it cost about it was cost three several four, thousand at the time those days Mind you, one of the greatest ever players here in Adelaide. I was speaking to him a couple of weeks for his first three years. He got paid five dollars a game. Yep. The great Barry Robin played. Oh wow! And, and that when one of those years he won the North, North Adelaide's best and fairest and the McGarry Medal, our yep. highest honour here. Yes. So we didn't play for the money, <clears throat> but I had opportunities uh, in business. The, the industrial chemistry didn't last long. Yep. <laughs> but then I got drafted. I got drafted in 1968 to, to Vietnam had, and had to go and do two years in the army. So that. That interrupted things. But the other thing that I admire, the fact that you're talking about cars, I was going to raise that and we'll come back and talk more about that in a while. But you also uh, went into the car industry as a car salesperson, manager, owner, car yard and and that sort of thing. So That happened uh, accidentally as well. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to call you the accidental millionaire. Well, well, I'd I'd like to think that's that's a misconception as well. I'm, I'm... how do you define wealth? Yes. I, mean, I, you, I, oh, I, would, I wouldn't call myself a millionaire by, any, hero. <laughs> by any stretch no. of the imagination. <laughs> but uh, I got out of the army. Uh, I'd been working uh, as a clerk in the Department of Health. A friend worked in the car trade. He said, well, come and work in the car trade. I mean, I, I, the, the concept of being a car salesman didn't really appeal to me at all because <laughs> car salesmen had shocking. Yep. But I worked in new cars yep. and I reconciled that. The new cars were, you know, we, we weren't buying anyone else's problems. So, again, I had mentors. I had a very, very significant mentor in the car trade who gave me opportunities both as a salesman, a manager, and then uh, ultimately as a dealer principal. So mm-hmm. there's all sorts of principles along the way. Yep. You know, I've observed successful people, you know, and they start with the really self-determined, 
successful people start with a goal, a dream. I call it an expectation. They have yeah. an expectation. They might have generated that expectation of themselves or somebody else, be that their parent, their teacher, their coach might have generated it for them. So they have an expectation that they want to achieve. Then they have to, you know, they have to position themselves. How do they see themselves? What if, what is their perception? Mm-hmm. And uh, and when they've done that, then they've got to be accountable in preparing for that role and then executing that role. So I bra- I've always used to break it down at expectation, perception, and accountability. Now, some people, and I think about only about four or five percent of the population, if that, are truly self-determined. Most of us need to have the goal set for us and have somebody overseeing or driving us yeah. or leading us. That's and, and leadership is a, a vital role here. I had great leaders. I had a great coach in Neil Curley and a, a guy called uh, Graham Bignall who started, who owned Stillwell Ford and yep, s- took, that, took that country company into a, a national leadership, public company. Yeah. So, so And then I had mentors when I had an opportunity to go into the media, mm-hmm. guys like Paul Thompson and bosses who, who see something new and... <laughs> believe in you yeah that's that's well it's interesting you say that because a a lot of people have these things presented to them or they fight so hard to get there but don't use the talent that they have you see so you actually had the right attitude as well you know i was just given opportunities i just i I, i'm the wrong person for this for this podcast if you (laughs) no no i I really am listen you you've mentioned four or five of the most important things that we try and instilling people all the time is to have a dream you've got here to have a dream to have a goal to have an expectation and be accountable these are the four main things that most people don't have so we're going to take a break now because we're going to listen to our sponsors but we'll come straight back and talk about that accountability and responsibility for it you know so we'll come straight back thank you very much we'll come straight back thanks ron Looking for a new coffee machine for your home or workplace? Look no further than Fine Choice Coffee Solutions, your experts in all things coffee. Why not come in for a chat and a special coffee tasting? You'll find us at 264 Gilbert Street in the city. Mention Radio Dalia Uno and you'll receive a free 250 gram bag of freshly roasted coffee beans. You can also shop online at www.fccoffee.com.au where you'll find our large range of premium roasted coffee beans, coffee machines, accessories, hot chocolates, teas and lots, lots more. I'm Danielle from Fine Choice Coffee Solutions, your one-stop shop for all things caffeine. I'm Anna Faruja of Chapel Funerals. My role as a funeral director is to guide you through the emotional process of saying goodbye to someone you love. I'm here to help you make all the necessary arrangements so that you and your family may have peace of mind and time to remember and celebrate the life of the person you've lost. When the time comes, I'm here for you. So please call me, Anna Faruja, at Chapel Funerals on 81825100. Hi, this is David Heath, and I'm excited to be bringing my program Soundtrack of Your Life to Radio Italia Uno. Join me Friday nights at 7 for interesting guests, some great music, and plenty of fun. It's the best way to kick off the weekend. Soundtrack of Your Life, Friday nights from 7 until 9 on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. 
Ti piace la musica? Hai voglia di metterti in gioco? Entusiasmo e personalità non ti mancano? Radio Italia 1 sta cercando te. Chiama l'82 123177 e anche tu avrai la possibilità di entrare a far parte del nostro team. Radio Italia 1, diamo voce alla tua voce. Radio Italia 1 You're listening to Peter Saluno on Happy Business Radio on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM. Yes, thank you. And thank you to all our sponsors. Of course, thank you to all the listeners of Radio Italia Uno and especially to Happy Business Radio. And like I keep saying, please support the people who support us. Thank you to all our sponsors, the radio sponsors and the sponsors for this program. If you have a business and, uh, you know, you want to advertise your business today, is the best time to contact us because we are offering special, special deals for helping you to come out of COVID, to help you to really promote your business in the next coming year. So get in touch with us here at Radio Italia Uno and we'd love to help you to promote your business. And our special guest today is uh, Graham Corns. Graham Corns, I've had the pleasure of knowing for a long time and in the past we've worked together a few times in different venues and different places and of course at the moment he he's on radio, television is on everywhere <laughs> and, and still like, working. <laughs> honestly, it but, sounds yeah. like... Oh, it sounds good, but I, it's I'm true. I do about two hours a week. It doesn't <laughs> know, it's, it's nowhere near as... No, well, you, you're still doing it. The fact is bits and pieces. Yeah, I mean, the fact is that you're still doing bits and pieces. Yeah. The, the fact is you've done a lot in the past, and you know you're never going to retire. We're not going to let you. Oh. Uh, <laughs> and and the fact is that Graham, you know you've you've come up like you say from a, a poor family, but you've built yourself up. You know you've been there continuously. You know, like it's not like some people have been up, down, up, down, up, down. You know, you've had your ups and downs in business and stuff like that. But the fact that you're still there, the fact that you said, oh, yes, I just took some opportunities or I just had something presented. Everybody has those opportunities. They are mm. there. People don't recognise them. Well, look, the most inspiring young man I ever, spot, ever had the pleasure of coaching was a guy called Sam Smart. And Sam Smart was a... A very good footballer. He was he was drafted by the Crows, the Adelaide Footy Club, our, our professional football team mm-hmm. here in Adelaide. Right at the early stages of the Crows, when the fir- Crows first came into the Australian Football League mm-hmm. competition, and the, they, it was a big deal. It was a big glam. So we drafted this young fella, but he'd never come to training. I couldn't. <laughs> I knew he was. I knew he was uh, from a private school here in Adelaide. Yeah. I knew he came from a family on the land in the mid-north. So I just assumed this kid was wealthy and from a wealthy pastoralist, college kid, didn't really want it enough. So, But when I finally was able to get in, in touch with him, get him sitting down in front of me and say, look, well, why, why can't you come to training? Because he got drafted and never, never came to training. I said, well, look, he said, look, I'm studying medicine. Mm. He said, I'm studying. Yeah. I said, what? He said, uh, I said, well, uni's finished. So you can come to, he said, no, well, I have to go back and help my parents on the farm for for uh, harvesting because things have been really tough in the country. And I said, and he was, I said, well, when did you start, when did you start to think about becoming a doctor? He said, well, I was in grade six, uh, six or seven. So he's 11, 11 yeah. or 10 or 11. Yeah. He said, uh, so as early as that stage, he said, he said to get into medic, medical school, I knew I had to have the, the very top marks. And, mm. I, and he was from the mid north of country town. He yeah. said, I knew I wouldn't get them up there. So I studied hard enough to get a scholarship at one of the colleges, colleges. down there. So wow. he wasn't from a wealthy family. Yeah, really. yeah. He studied hard to get in. So he, he got his he got his scholarship 
He worked all his way through high school and he just happened to be a very good footballer as well. Mm. He was, And he got selected in the All-Australian team. That's why we chose Gee. him as a crow. But his ambition was to become a doctor. So, yeah. so from that early age, that, that power of expectation yeah. drove this kid. Yeah. Mm. So I'm trying to get him to come to footy Football. training <laughs> when he's going to be a doctor. Now, he, yeah. he, he didn't play a game for the Crows. He played one game for Carlton. Yeah. And he now is a doctor. So yeah. his, <laughs> his contribution to society is the, the power of expectation that he set from, for himself. His, his dream was and, to be a doctor. And his accountability to see it through yes. was totally inspiring, more inspiring than anything you could have on the footy field. But so few of us are like that. Yep. So few of us, we have to recognise the importance of mentors or bosses or teachers or lecturers to give us that well, that's, drive. That's what I'm saying all the time. Every day I talk to people about business and whatever they say, who's your mentor? Who's your coach? Why is this problem happening? I've got people saying, I'm surrounded by idiots. I said, no, you're the idiot that employed them. I said, what, who are you going to employ next? You know, who, where's your coach? You know, something went wrong at work and, and uh, a, a machine got broken and all of a sudden the whole production line had to stop, right? And it's only a small firm, so they couldn't afford to have 25 people just sitting there until they employed somebody to fix this machine, but that's what had to happen. And all of a sudden it cost them thousands and thousands of dollars. And I said, if you taught your apprentice right and your tradesperson here uh, was responsible and accountable, that would not have happened. And well, it's the old saying, when, when, when you employ somebody smarter than you are, you prove that you're smarter than they are. Mm. So, yeah, so I agree with that 100%. Matter. But anyway, yeah. I, I was, as I said, I've been very fortunate to have mentors. I've been very fortunate to have opportunities. And I've been very fortunate enough to have people, bosses, to keep me in line when I started to get too big-headed about it all. Mm. Well, this is what can, I, can I make uh, one, expand on one thing that you said earlier, uh, Graham? Because I was one of the weird guys that you were talking about before. Like I had everything mapped out, you know, by, I don't know, 13 or 14, you know, and I ended up graduating top of my class of high school and university and getting multiple degrees and being a millionaire by a certain age, then losing it, then being a millionaire again, then losing it, then being a millionaire a third time. So I had everything always mapped out. And like, like, uh, in that way, but one thing that I know that I did wrong, that since there are a lot of students listening that I I really want to impress upon my son is just find something that you love. Like it sounds like you did and you will rise to the top of it. You know, I forced myself to be good at things that I naturally had no interest. I mean, I was a complete introvert, but I ended up being a top salesperson. You know, I didn't ask a girl on a date till I was 26. And now that you've seen me, you know why, okay, because of the rejection. But the fact of the matter is that, you know, I had to build the – I mean, I forced myself to pretend I was confident to, to, to get the success. But if I would have just chosen something I was excited about, like maybe history or writing or something like that, it would have been a much easier road and I'd have been happier, maybe contributed more. See, so you talk – what you said there – you're talking about perception. How, how do you see yourself? Now, did you be interested in how you see yourself? I try not to look in a mirror. No, but it's important that you have... <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. It's I'm important sorry. you have self-perception. How do you mm. talk to yourself? Mm, that's true. Yeah. That's very but, important. And I yeah. often say to people, what's more important? What you think of yourself or what others think of you? And I, my that's people, a great point. People say, what is more important? How I see myself or how others see myself? Now, there's no correct answer to that because both are correct. It's really important how you see yourself. Mm. And if you're a salesman, particularly, or in, in most fields of work, it's really important how other people see you as well. And all these 
we've got a, a certain uh, element of the younger generation who, who, who are so self-absorbed that they don't care what other people think mm. about them. It's a very selfish generation. Mm. But you have to, if you're going to be successful in life, you do have to care what other people think about you, but it's really important what others think of you, uh, what, what, what you think, think of yourself. yourself so yeah. mm. Anytime I had a footballer who would be down on himself if, if he made a mistake at training, and they, you know, they, it showed they cared. It showed that if they've messed up a kick or they've dropped a mark, then they swear at themselves or get down. I'd say, look, you've got to speak nicely to yourself. Mm. If, you, if you don't speak nicely to yourself, who is? I mean, plenty of other people want to put you down, particularly in this day and age of social media. All the crowd. <laughs> yeah, no, it's amazing. I'm, I'm listening to you and I'm, I'm back to being four years old because well, I need to work on that. Well, you just yes. got to talk. That's, that's when, so true. And I sometimes say, well, you, you drop say, oh, you idiot. Mm. And yes, and well, immediately I think, hang on, no, 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 don't, don't, you don't, you, you've got yeah. to speak nicely to yourself mm. because if you don't, yep. who else is going to? Mm. Graham, I, I believe that what you just said is is so powerful that if these people listening to this program can just wind it back and listen to it again because that's the number one rule. You, you, you know, there's enough people out there that will put you down. There's no use putting yourself down. Mm. And if you've done something wrong or made a mistake, you didn't do it because you wanted to. No. You know, I mean, well, that's the, that's the other thing. As Australians, we're great at passing the buck. Mm. There's something yeah. something falls off the table or something breaks. The first thing we say, I didn't do it. Mm. Yeah. It, wasn't my, it wasn't my fault. Yeah, responsibility we and do. accountability. <laughs> we talk about that exactly. all the time. Everybody wants to be in charge. You walk into a factory, you walk into an office and say, who's in charge? Oh, I am. What do you want? What do you yeah. want? You know, and, and everybody wants to be in charge. But when something goes wrong, there's no accountability and no responsibility. And, and those two things are what's killing or what killed the Australian industry of uh, every business, you know. Oh, well, I think and we're fighting it's, it's, it's that all the time. That. The fact that you had cheap manufacturing in the Asian countries, yeah. that's, that's, that, that, yeah, that's and, and we didn't invest here. I mean, people, yeah. took the, people took the easy way out. I mean, the quality of stuff that we produced, we manufactured in Australia was significant. Probably not as good as Japan. Yep. Probably not as good as we're getting out of Korea now, but certainly as good as we get out of other Asian countries. Yes. Yeah, and, and, and that's, that's the that's responsibility. That's the responsibility and, we and didn't the, take. And the fact we uh, dropped the tariffs. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a good argument for tariffs. Can, can I ask a question about you as a public figure? You, you mentioned kind of obliquely the social media stuff and all the political correctness. How do you manage that, you know, and still get the message that you want out? Which, well, which to be honest, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm really impressed with. I mean, I, you know, I, I just, there's a, there's a lot to this fellow other than football. Oh, yes. You know, because, I mean, I'm a foreigner, so I don't know anything, you know. <laughs> and, and he has uh, not known you for long. He's you know, and, and just, I mean, the insights <laughs> that you have are just fabulous for the people that are listening. I, I just really think there's a lot that I can learn from you and, and definitely the listeners. I've got young daughters. I mean, I'm, I'm, I've had an interesting life, as Peter probably alluded to, alluded to it. Not all of it has been great. Not all of it's been successful. Not all of it's been pleasant. But I've had, I've got five kids. The oldest is 41. The youngest mm. is 12. Yep. So I've seen the spectrum of, you know, <laughs> development of the two older boys who played league footy, and uh, and the yeah. and the young younger girls now who are re-educating me because it's a brand new world out there and the social media is such a significant part about it and you can descend to the level of the lowest can common I'd be denial. terrified to have a daughter now. <laughs> Personally, I mean, I, I have a son, but I'd be, I'd be terrified. Well, 
Sons are eight. Sons are easier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Look, um, I love daughter, by the way, <laughs> your son, I mean, I watched him the other night on the television and he's still, you know, on the football show and stuff. So he sort of followed. He's really, followed you. you he, very he, wanted, well. he wanted to do it. But handling, this, handling social media is interesting because there's a lot of abuse out there, particularly if you've got an opinion. You've got a, if you've got opinion you've got a, mm-hmm. and it's about giving an opinion, or whether that's good or bad. Uh, and people put some horrible things on. Oh. So, Your so wife went for politics. Oh, I, I stood for politics yeah. in, in Boothby oh, for you? the federal election. <laughs> and <laughs> I was cut. Look, I didn't know I had so many people following me. Yeah. I had so many trolls. <laughs> it was incredible. What year, Ron, was that? what year was that? Two years ago. Oh, Ron, wow. Ron also stood for politics in the northern suburbs. And uh, he got trolled a little bit. But like he was being... Saying how great he was, you know. I went to one meeting and I very uh, politely said, "I don't think you're right." I said, "I think you guys are doing the wrong thing and they're not looking after the people of South Australia." And half the audience said, "Yeah," but the, a, a third, a third of them said, "Oh, you don't pick on our member." And well, from the, the, then on, I was harassed. You can't win in politics, <laughs> and the worst example of that was Nicole Flint, who also. Won the seat of Boothie. Yes, um, yes. And the way she was trolled and harassed and was was dis- oh, disgraceful. And, now. and still, and still, that's and, why she's and leaving ha- politics. Ha- the young lady Habib, who was, uh, you know, yep. she was Pow now. So <laughs> her name's Pow now. Well, <laughs> she well, changed her name. <laughs> well, I understand that, but I mean, it's so. But but the point is, yes. you've got to be, you've got to have a shield. Yes, you've got to have something to protect your your ego. Yes, and your self esteem. And the way I handle that is to, is to not respond to if there's any vulgarity, yep. if there's any rude words in there, well, I just ignore it. Yep. Or if they've used a really bad word, I'll come back with a stupid quip like, "Gee, I, you know, I've never. Do you think I've never heard the f word? Is that the best you've got?" I mean, yeah. I've been, I've been abused by. I played footy. You've been abused I've, I've by been, the I've, best. I've been abused. <laughs> I've stood in front of the Port Adelaide cheer squad at yeah. Albert and Oval. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing you say is going to shock me. So. <laughs> So uh, that's uh, so, true. So, so you can deflect it with humour, yeah. Or you can say you can come back with uh, some. Uh, it was who, who was it? I can't remember who, but they 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 were, they were particularly uh, brutalised by by somebody's nasty comments, and they just wrote back to you. That's that's such a sad thing to say. What what has happened to you in your life that you should be so angry. cruel and yeah. angry and Yep. And somehow that diffuses it. So, well, I I just agree with a couple of people, yeah. and I found out. And the one thing is, you can't argue with these people because as you argue with them, that can't. gives them fuel to the fire. Politics, religion, yeah, and probably sport, yeah, but politics and religion. You, you, and sport, you've yeah, you right got one eye of yeah. this team or that team, you know. And we, we saw that in the American elections with Donald Trump. My ah. how many of us here thought Donald? How on earth could Donald Trump be elected as leader of the free world? But seventy six million people. Voted for him again. Yeah. So, and, and if you say anything negative or maybe sarcastic about Donald Trump on our radio program, yeah. the, the switchboard lights up with people who are outraged. Yeah. Um, so you won't win with politics. Yeah. Well, we've got an American here. And 
Matt, uh, you know, and, and the, the point is that well, the point we're trying to make the most, and you've made it very well, Graham, we need to take a break, but we'll come straight back. And the main point that you made was how mentors, 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 coach, 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 coach. And that's what we want to uh, talk about for the next okay. session. Uh-huh. So thank you, and we'll come straight back. <laughs> Yo, ciao, Armando Paradiso from Unique Stone, delivering quality stone tops to South Australia for over 20 years. Granite, marble, Caesar Stone, Unique Stone, granito, marmo, Caesar Stone, Unique Stone. Thinking stone bench tops to your kitchen, bathroom, or furniture? Unique Stone at Jacobson Crescent, Holden Hill. Call us now. 8266-2280 Unique Stone We won't be beaten Come on Che stai facendo? Yo Chiama adesso Lo sapevi che l'82% delle persone richiama più facilmente il nome di un'azienda vedendolo scritto su carta che in una pubblicità sui social media? Continua a valorizzare i metodi più tradizionali, toccare e tenere nelle proprie mani biglietti da visita, calendari promozionali, cataloghi. Maria Studio Printing è il tuo partner creativo di stampa e di marketing ideale. Si occupano di graphic design, sviluppo web, gestione di stampa, routing CNC e 3D carving, fotografia commerciale e riprese, offrendo consegne nello stesso giorno o entro tre giorni lavorativi. Maria Studio Printing può portare alla luce i tuoi progetti e crescere la tua impresa è facile. Per saperne di più, chiama l'8352-1268. Join me, Ron Fiedler and Karen Fiedler each Saturday morning from 9 to 10am for Talking Real Estate. Your guide to real estate in Adelaide and South Australia. We'll bring you the latest local real estate news, interviews, tips and advice from property experts. Plus, report on the Italian property market and let you know about the week's open homes and upcoming auctions. And don't forget, I'll be bringing you my open home of the week. On Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM, Talking Real Estate, every Saturday morning from 9 till 10am. Be in the know with Adelaide's local real estate show. Radio Italia Uno Sito internet www.italiauno.com.au Seguici anche sulla nostra pagina Facebook e Instagram. Radio Italia 1 Hi, I'm Matt McQuinley and you're listening to Happy Business with Peter Salerno. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Matt. And uh, thank you to all our listeners. Thank you to everybody that listens to Radio Italia Uno and all the wonderful Italian music that we play on the station. And of course, thank you especially for those that listen to Happy Business Radio and the ones that have sent me messages over the last few weeks and in the past, I really thank you. Please keep sending them any messages, any emails. Uh, contact me through Happy Business Radio and I will always answer them uh, as long as I get them because sometimes uh, people have said, oh, I've sent you a message, but for some reason it either came to the station or they sent it to the wrong email address. But I will always answer them. Thank you again to all our sponsors because obviously without our sponsors we don't have a show and we don't have a radio station. But if there's anybody out there listening that wants to promote their business, now is the perfect time. We've got some real good specials on advertising for your business during this year. And of course, Graham Corns is our special guest today. Graham Corns, I've known for a long time. I've known of him for a long time. He was a great footballer. He's been a great businessman, a great coach, a, a great mentor to lots of other people. And he's been on radio and television and still is on radio at the moment. And lucky enough, we've had him with us today. 
So thank thank you. you. Thank you. One of the most important things that you've mentioned and the thing that Matt and I talk about all the time is about the importance of having a coach, the importance of having a mentor. Some people are in business and they don't have a coach. Some people are, you know, want to achieve things. and, And the old saying is only you can do it, but you can't do it alone. Well, it's... It's easier in a sense these days because there's there's so many more resources. I mean, if you don't know how to do so, you don't know how to play guitar. Yeah. Google it. Yeah. <laughs> if I don't know how to yeah. play a song. Google it. You yeah. Know? But so the, the the most important thing is to recognise that you can't do it alone. I mean, yeah. I, I talked before about maybe two or three percent of the population can. You know, they they've got the vision, they've got the ability, and they can generate their own. Uh, outcome mm-hmm. but most of us need someone to teach us so the first thing you've got to do is recognize where you're deficient you know where are you to, what what do i need to improve how do i how do i establish myself and then you have to identify somebody who can teach you that yes and and that might be a, a university lecturer it might be a, a a business mentor because very few of us know how to run a business from the ground up without some sort of a, we might need an accountant we yes. might need uh, someone with an mba to, to generate your business plan and then you've got to be able to follow your business plan. But the most impressive man I knew in business, I mentioned before, was Graham Bignall, who, who started as a you know, a kid at 15 washing cars then driving taxis at 17 and then and then ended up owning, owning this uh, this big public, public company because he kept improving himself. He kept learning how to do things. You know, he, he, he learned how to established budgets you know he learned how to read a, a balance sheet he, he knew how to ma- modify he was a hard at times really ty- tyrannical mm-hmm. business mode, but he always had a sense of compassion where he could pull back he could brutalize you with abuse yeah but in the next minute he'll have your his arm around you and and, and soften that abuse now that that's <laughs> that's that's probably too, too I, but he was he was yeah. he was a great mentor i used to have a manager like that he used to be able to chew people out and at the end, you would be thanking him yeah. for chewing you out. You'd be like, oh, my God, thank you so much. I needed that so badly. That's such a great skill to have. But the, the point yeah. is you've got, you've got to, who can, if I, want, if I want to do something, if I want to improve myself, who can teach me how to do that? Yeah. And, and look, there's, there's resources. You have to be able to find those resources. But if I want to learn how to ride a horse, you know, someone can teach me how to ride a yes. horse. So I want to learn how to fly a plane. Yep. Somebody can teach me how to fly. If I want to learn how to sell cars, somebody has to teach me. But, but I'm probably going to have to start at the bottom. Yeah. I, 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 what, what you've just said kind of le- uh, ties into a question that I was going to ask. It's le- at least half the answer. But <laughs> I was hoping you could give me the rest of the answer, or as much as you can. You, you, one of the things that, that I thought was really fascinating about your bio is the fact that you've been able to remake yourself so many times. Um, well, he's just switch answered roles. That real. He yeah. just answered that. Yeah, well. yeah. You, but there's, but, there, but that's he's saying. Coach. Yeah, he's saying find other people. But yeah. first step is have the courage to do it. Yes. And well, a coach isn't going to give him that. He's got to find that in himself. See, the you know? coach so, does that too. So I, I, I want to. Yeah. So look, can, it's a really can you good, talk a little bit about it's, that. It's a really good question because I've had opportunities in life that I've, I've ended up working in a job that's a dream job, working in the media, which is yeah. which was my last job. But <laughs> but football led to it all. I start, I played, started playing footy. Then I, you know, we had some success of that. Then I started coaching, but I was still coaching and working in the car trade. The crows. Then out of the blue came this opportunity to work on radio. Where just completely yeah. out of the blue. Now maybe I was keen to do little spots on you know guest spots on. 
television programs or footy programs when I was younger, so somebody must have seen something. Mm. But but then I had this opportunity to to work full time in breakfast radio, but I was still running the the Toyota yeah. business. Oh, but right. the, but the mentor said, this mentor of mine said, look, we used to sit down. He said, look. And I said to no, I said no to five double A in the radio. It was to do a breakfast. Price. I said I can't do it because I was coaching Glenelg Footy Team and I was running the the Toyota de- yeah. dealership. Uh, but my Graham Bignall, we, we sat down. and He said, "Look, this is a great opportunity." He, sa- he said, "I've always thought that you're going to be more suited to footy coaching and the media than you are to selling cars." <laughs> Well, I, I, I don't have yeah, the I look. I understand. I don't have the traders' instinct. You know, like you see, some people look at the trade. They've got a they've got a nose for the deal. I yeah. never had quite the nose for the deal. I was more more concerned about the the client getting a yeah. good deal rather than the than the company getting a good deal. <laughs> so well, he both are important. But this is yeah. how good this is how good yeah. this guy was. He said, "Look, we'll put a ge- we'll put a ge- uh, general manager in the dealership. You do the breakfast radio for twelve months. Come in at ten o'clock." Leave at four o'clock to go and coach Glenelg, and we'll do that for for twelve months and see. Yeah. Now that was a hard twelve months doing breakfast radio, car dealership, oh and then coaching. But at the end of the twelve months, we came to the realization: look, the radio was working, coaching coaching was working out. So then I dealership re- well I re- relinquished the shares in yeah. it, which that that I had. But I st- they still I still have a great interest in the in the company. I still act as a mentor for some of the staff there. So Good on you. so I was able to this opportunity and the radio just. I don't know. Took off. I, I never thought I was particularly good at it, but oh, you're but, not. But <laughs> <laughs> you're, uh, you're actually very. But good. it's but it's Adelaide and Adelaide yeah. and because I was tied up with the, the, the Adelaide Footy Club when they came well, in, there, there was a there Glenelg was a, was a number one team for, for many many years. It was Glenelg, Port and, Adelaide, yeah, Norwood, Sturt, yeah. you know, it was so it was I mean, a high profile team. Yeah, and so, you you were in the high profile team. You were always high profile. So so probably only in Adelaide could that happen. When you think, well, it probably happens in Melbourne too. So look, it happens everywhere. So would one of your keys to success be uh, seize the opportunity? Don't be afraid. Well, well definitely. You know, is, and that, I, is that what you're saying? That's definitely a good. That's a great point. You got that Robin Williams movie. You've Got to <laughs> seize the opportunity, but. Yeah. There's been plenty of times that I've been scared to, mm. and there's plenty of opportun- opportunities that have been offered to me that I've sort of backed away from because I, you know, yeah, I, well. I didn't. But somehow, somehow, fortune or fate or karma has led me down a the right path. Fortune mm. favors the brave. Well, I don't think I've you been. Know, br- but look, but I, you've I, been I, brave I, enough. No, you've been smart enough so. to get coaches and no, ask the I people. I don't think I've been brave. I, I think <laughs> I've been very. I think I've been very conservative. Well, if anything, yeah, you may have been conservative. But the, the other thing is, see, you've had these things here. You had some goals. You had your dreams. You had your expectations, and you had mentors around you. And without you even realizing it, you've been talking to these mentors. They've been talking to you, and you've taken advantage of their wonderful uh, mentorship. You know, and this is what we're saying every day. When when Matt talks to people, he wants he wants to be a coach. He wants to uh, help people. I want to be a coach. I, I want I'm coaching people all the time, and I'm saying you need a coach. You need a mentor. You want to take your business from where it is to the next level, whatever the next level is for you. You need a coach because where you are today, you're no better off than what you were five years ago. And you've got to be to get better today, next yep. year, to be better next year. You've got to do something today to make it happen. Well, let's look. The un, the only thing constant is change. Yes. And if you look at, imagine you had a um, a compact disc shop. Imagine you had a record shop. Mm. You know, and you thought, uh, well, this new these new CDs aren't going to take off. 
<laughs> so then the CDs do take off, and you've got a CD shop, and then uh, people started walking around with Walkman, and they started walking around with with uh, iPhones, iPhones, and, and, and these things aren't going to take off. <laughs> Imagine if you weren't prepared to work, yeah, with with, uh, with that with that change. I mean, the change in well, yeah, just think of some of the um, businesses that are gone that were so successful that we thought would never disappear, like Kodak, well, exactly. and and, and yeah. Subaru, and uh, not Subaru, um, Saab. And uh, you yeah, know so some, many yeah, that are just yeah. you know some of the biggest companies here that mm. the, the, there was the shops all over town that they had all these video stores. Mm. How do you? Uh, but Blockbuster. Blockbuster. How do you account yeah. for that? How do you predict that? I mean, there's only one video shop in all of Australia left, and that's in Western Australia. <laughs> so well, you've you've got to be able to you've got to be able to sense the change. But at the same time, you can't overreact because you can you can try and change too quickly. So, look, I don't know. I, 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 as I said, I, I'm I'm, the wrong, the, I'm the wrong person. To <laughs> no, well, you're, I, you're I think I, I think person. that's part of your wisdom. Is you're smart. You're like I mean, I say this about myself. I guess I'm building myself up, and I shouldn't. But I'm American, so you're going to think I'm arrogant anyway. But I always tell everybody that I'm just smart enough to know how dumb I am. Yep. Well, and I, and I think that's what, one of your strengths is you you're you're smart enough to know that you don't know it all. Well, that's, maybe that's true. And and that's and that helps back, you be successful. I put your head thing. at 90% of people, I think. Graham, one thing that you said I want you to just repeat. Okay. Uh, you said that when you're when you know you want to uh, I'll say okay. you know I, I, I came across also, so yeah, look, you, when you employ somebody who, when you employ someone say some that again. Hang on. We want to hear this cuz people need to hear this. When you employ someone who's smarter than you are you prove that you're smarter than they are. Mm. Yes. So you've, 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 look, you've well, you you prove that you're some, smart. That's right. Some people are concerned about employing somebody who is who, who may be smarter or more dynamic or more charismatic that, than they are because they worry that they'll take away, you know, they'll take the business over or they'll yeah. they'll deflect from their importance within the business. But mm. you've got to have good people around you. And the one thing that I talk about, Graham Bignall, this mentor on the car trade, the one thing he did, he he paid well, but he paid well on the basis that you shared the profits. Yep. He wasn't scared to share the profits of the of the company, and 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 sell shares within the company. Mm. I'm trying to think of the ownership. Right word. Yeah, ownership. Ownership. No Profit sharing. Yeah. Well, he, he would. Pro and the bonus system was set around the the revenue that the that the company gen generated. So he was he was generous in that. He was a very rich man in the end, but he made other people who rich. stayed with him for the long haul quite rich as well, mm. so yeah, Rel relatively rich, put it that way. Yeah, but the point is that w without him leading, you know, the other followers. But the one point that you make over and over again during this whole podcast that I uh, admire, you kept saying, oh, I didn't do this, I didn't do that. But the people you took the mentorship from, the people you picked as your mentors or people you learnt from, there were a lot of other people around as well. well and uh, every one of them could have, picked up the, the leadership from this guy and this guy and this guy. They haven't. Well, they did. I mean, some they, of them. Some of them have. Some, um, some of the guys who stayed with yeah. Graham. I mean, I, I, I yeah. should, from a financial point of view, I should have stayed with him, in the, in the, but, I, but I followed a footy career yeah. and, and then into well. the media. So that's been good. But I've got guys who are who we started in the car trade the same time yeah. and worked their way through and they – They've they've done fa fabulously well, but yep. but at the same time, but just as many haven't. Well, just as you many haven't. Well, the the reason why I'm saying this is because some of them, like you, have taken their leadership, have taken their mentorship, have taken their coaching, and gone with it. You know, you you are a very very good coach. 
you know, you've been a very good football coach. You've been a very good mentor for people. But it always ends in there's only one outcome for a coach. Eventually, he's going to be sacked. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Coach, yeah, coaches yeah, yeah. are hiding. Yeah. So that's a. That's hey, a well, like I saw. A, I say that for business coaches as well. Like, I'll take you to the next level, but then I'll hand you over to somebody else. I saw a great uh, lecture by Denzel Washington the other day. He talked about failure. Everyone talks about success, succeeding. So he talked about failure. He said, "Don't be scared of failure." He said, "Look at all, look at all the things that you've done along the way where you failed." And I look at all the team I played in. I played in uh, two grand finals before. Losing grand finals before we won one. Played in, played in eight grand finals only, and only won one. But, but um, you were in the grand final. I understand that. So, <laughs> but you've got to be prepared to fail. Yeah. To take the next opportunity to succeed. Yeah. So now that, that that's not a defeatist attitude, but if you are confronted with the realities of life, eventually you're going to fail. Mm. Yeah. So it's how you react to that. For look, you learn a lot more from your disasters than mm. you do from your triumphs. Crows got smashed on the weekend. Oh. Port Adelaide got smashed on the weekend. I can tell you, they've learned a hell of a lot more from those disasters <laughs> than they had from if they won by ten or twenty goals. So well, let's hope. <laughs> so you've got to you've got to confront failure, accept failure as part of the deal, but learn from it and then recover. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna. Uh, round up now and come straight back after this. This is like, we've we got to do an extra podcast with you, Graham. This is too good. This is real gold. This is real gold. Thank you very much. We'll be back shortly. At Elders Insurance Adelaide East, our mission is to provide outstanding service and superior coverage to each and every one of our clients. With over 30 years of experience, we treat every client with mutual respect and understanding. We'll listen carefully to your specific needs and requirements in order to develop insurance solutions with a level of service and coverage you can't find anywhere else. Elders Insurance Adelaide East is a family-owned and run business with Italian tradition which is built on honesty, integrity and trust. Make an appointment today and go and see Tony and the team at Elders Insurance Adelaide East, 54 to 56 Kensington Road, Rose Park or telephone 8364 9477. We're an authorised representative of Elders Insurance, underwriting agency, Proprietary Limited, Elders Insurance, underwritten by QBE Insurance, Australia Limited. Did you know that Podcast City can record your podcast right here in the studios of Radio Italia Uno on our professional recording equipment? Podcast City can also come to your location with our mobile studio. We can record just your audio or work with you to plan, record, edit, and distribute your podcast to your audience. If you would like to find out more and receive a free podcast startup checklist or book a time to record your podcast, call Radio Italia Uno on 8212317 or go to podcastcity.com.au. Podcast City, podcasting the easy way. Vuoi promuovere la tua attività? Vuoi aumentare il tuo volume di affari? Non sai a chi rivolgerti? Chiama Radio Italia 1. Il nostro staff commerciale è a disposizione per ogni informazione o preventivo personalizzato. Chiama all'82123177. Radio Italia 1. E anche tu sarai un numero 1. Radio Italia 1. Happy Business with Peter Salerno. 
Yes, thank you. And thank you to all our sponsors. Again, like I keep saying, please support the sponsors. Any business that you hear about advertised on Radio Italia Uno, they're supporting us, so please support them. And uh, if you want, we are offering specials at the moment for any advertising that you do with Radio Italia Uno. And, of course, if you want to sponsor this program, which is Happy Business Radio, more than happy to have you on and spruik your business for you. But today, we're coming to the end of the program. We've had a fantastic time Graham Corns has been our special guest today. So, Graham, thank you for coming in. It's been really fantastic. I, I mean, sense you're easily pleased. No, look, <laughs> Graham, it's not about being easily pleased, but it's about, you know, you have given us pearls of wisdom. Yeah, you know, uh, look, may, maybe, but no, well, there's been ups and downs, and everybody has ups and downs. It's, it's, how, you, it's how you recover from them. It's, that's it's, that's it's, so true. That's so true. But, see, at the moment... A lot of people have closed up shops. A lot of people have closed up businesses. A lot of other allied businesses have closed up. I, I did my apprenticeship with Chrysler's when it was Chrysler's, and then it became Mitsubishi. But as they closed down, all the businesses around that area, right, for miles and miles and miles were closing down as well. And the South Australian government in their wisdom, couldn't work it out why the, the supermarket down the road closed down, why the, 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 um, the pub across the road wasn't getting any business and down the street. And all because when the people came out, they would go and buy their lunches or on the way to work, they would buy their lunches. All of a sudden, you get three or 4,000 people that don't travel up and buy their lunches anymore. You've got three or 4,000 less lunches. Well, the, the, it's been difficult with the, the whole shutdown we've had with COVID. And, yeah. I, and I guess... Some smart people have been able to diversify yep. and, and come up with uh, with other ways to do do stuff online. But I mean, fortunately, I think our government's done a pretty good job of keeping the economy rolling along. But but again, I'm not an expert in that. I'm not, not an economist either. But yeah. uh, but you know, you, you, from an outsider with no real economic qualifications, you think, gosh, where's where's this going to end up? Yeah, you know. who's paying the bill? Yeah, who's paying <laughs> that, the bill. That's just it. Unfortunately, it's a little bit like going to a, a a party where somebody else is paying the bill at the end of the night, and you think, oh my god, the bar's been open all night. How much is it going to cost us? And our grandchildren will be paying for it. That's the only thing. The that's rent, unfortunate. The, the money that we have borrowed, the, the billions that have come into the country to support the country, somebody's going to pay for it. But we're talking about business. We're talking about the main thing about this is having a goal, having a dream, having an expectation of being accountable and also being responsible and accountable because a lot of people want to be in charge, think they're in charge. As soon as something goes wrong, it's not my fault, it's his or hers. There's two elements of accountability. If you if you want to achieve and you've got a goal and, and all that sort of stuff, if you've got this positive self-perception, you've got to be accountable in your preparation. You have to learn how to do it. You have to prepare You've got to train. You've got to be qualified in what yes. you do. So to, to, it's like a footy footy play. He's got to train to get to a certain level. Yep. And you've got to be accountable in your performance. There's yes. no, no point having all of these things unless you are dedicated and accountable in, in executing the role properly. So, Well, I use a, the football analogy or team analogy. I say, would a coach, you know, put the team on the field and go and stand in the grandstand and stay there? Of course not. They, like They... They, they have runners running in and out. They have people telling them what to do. At quarter time, they bring them in and they have a huddle and half time, they take them off the field and they have a big huddle and then they take them out again and they runners going telling them. Then at three quarter time, they bring them into a huddle again. Then they bring them out again. Yeah, and after the game, they really know. I say, what are you doing in business? 
Well, who's coaching you in your business? Well, I understand that, but you know? but a lot of the times that that's overkill. I mean, you ask you ask any player, what did the coach say to us at quarter time, three quarter time, and after? And very few will be able to tell you. Yep. It's all about the preparation. It's all about preparing oh. them so they so they can do it instinctively. Yes, so right. the quarter time, oh, the half yeah. time, and the your, your Monday Just morning the, sales yep. meeting or yep. your Friday night uh, review of the week. Yep. It's all about uh, reinforcing the training that you've had. Yep. Sun Tzu says that the side that will the side that has will win is the side that's already won. Yes, prepared so, preparation straight out of the art of war. It's a great saying, and he's got, and he has got some great sayings. Yes. But there's always exceptions. That's yep. true. There's always exceptions. <laughs> yeah. Look, you are without even a to doubt, that. <coughs> yep, Graham. There's even exceptions to the exception. Yeah, there would be. Graham Corn, <laughs> you are one of the exceptions. You are one of the true heroes of the game. Can't you are. Really. You're a legend in South Australia. And look, thank you very much for coming into Happy Business Radio. We, we've got a whole lot of things here that our listeners can take away with them. So I really appreciate you coming in. Thank uh, you very that, much. That, thanks, uh, thank you, Peter. Yeah, thank you, Matt. Matt. You, you've been far too kind. No, well, look, we look. Uh, you know, we've got to give credit where credit's due, right and right. The, that's the, that's the pearls of wisdom. That's thank enough. you, <laughs> Ron. Thank you very much for helping us with the podcast city. Thank you for listening, everybody. Please send me your emails, send me your messages, any questions you have. Let me know. And like I say, if you need help, please let us know. If I can't help you, I know who can. Thank you very much. Bye. You have been listening to Happy Business Radio with Peter Salerno. Catch our show every Monday from 2 to 3 p.m. on Radio Italia Uno, 87.6 FM.